Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Dr. William Kennedy. He's a facial, plastic, and reconstructive surgeon and the founder and CEO of Edit. Dr. William, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I actually think what you're doing at Edit is really innovative and cool. But before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Awesome. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts, uh, Holden, Massachusetts. Um, okay, born, cool. born and raised, lived there pretty much my whole life, except for when I did my training. Okay. So you went to university. What did you take and why? I, uh, for, well, for undergrad, I, I studied something called biomedical engineering. Okay. Uh, yeah. The reason why I chose that field uh, is because, well, two reasons, really. Growing up uh, in Massachusetts, my family was very much involved in public service. My dad was a mayor, my oh, mom cool. was a teacher, my school was a school, a public school teacher. So I was very much wanted something where I could uh, service, serve people, give back to people. I was also very much into learning about the human body, disease processes, and also technology and solving problems. So that was the real reason why I chose biomedical, biomedical engineering as my undergraduate degree. Okay, fascinating. And and yeah. walk us through the rest of your university because you've done a lot of it. <laughs> that, was just, that was just the beginning. That's where I started. <laughs> yeah. So um, from there, so I really love biomedical engineering. You know, it was great learning about tech. It's very tech heavy, very much. Um, but I spent a lot of my time with that degree. You spend a lot of time kind of in the lab, working on code, and it very little. With, um, it, it was short on the interaction, human interaction. Right, which I also really enjoyed and had a great, uh, got a lot of pleasure out of. So I decided to pivot um, and go from there into medical school, which I love to do. Um, love interacting with patients, um, the human touch, being able to really um, identify disease processes, solve problems, and help them out. And I chose um, head and neck surgery um, as my specialty because it allowed the um, opportunity to do large surgeries, also very. Uh, uh, delicate surgeries under the microscope kind of offered the big gamut of surgeries involving um, the head and neck area. So that's why I chose um, head and neck surgery. Beyond that, my next stage was I decided to pursue facial plastic surgery, uh, cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, because I think it offered the ability to really impact people's lives, um, being able to transform someone the way they look to something that an aspirational what they could look like was really powerful and impactful. It also gave me an opportunity to um, develop entrepreneurial skills and also develop uh, and hone my um, business acumen, which I also had a, a strong desire for. So it kind of combined everything, all my loves into one specialty and profession. Interesting. Okay. So walk us through, obviously, being a doctor, your day-to-day, 
and then let's dive into edit and how you came up with the idea. Awesome. Um, my day to day, right? Well, currently, right now, when I first, I've been practicing now for about twelve years, thirteen years. Okay. For the first five or six years, seven years of my practice, I was solely just a facial plastic surgery a surgeon. I'd see gotcha. patients in the morning. I'd operate three to four times a week. Uh, I'd have clinic two times a week. Um, and it was great. Loved doing the practice, right? I could continue doing that full time forever, but about five or six years into my, into my practice, I realized that, you know, there were just, there were too many barriers up that were preventing people from accessing what all the different aspects of what cosmetic surgery, cosmetic procedures have to offer. There's just too much fear there. People just weren't being able to uh, be educated about what was out there. When you talk about beauty, you shouldn't be just talking about makeup, uh, hair, uh, pr uh, products, things like that. that. When you talk about solutions, you should be talking about everything. Invasive procedures, non-invasive procedures, Botox, fillers, but people just weren't getting access to that because they don't know. Through my practice, I could reach people myself, but that was just very limited kind of scope and reach. So I decided, not only that, but people are getting wrong if there's a lot of wrong information, bad information out there. So I wanted to really utilize technology and develop my, uh, technology with my background in engineering, figure out a way that we could utilize technology to really educate people and let them know what's best for them, empower them to make their own decisions. Fascinating. Okay. So walk us through how you came up with edit and what exactly is it? So edit just to, just to kind of back up a little bit. Sure. Um, the reason why, uh, you know, the idea for this specific type of technology that I came up with is right now, if you come into uh, a doctor's office, uh, a plastic surgeon's office, we have in-office equipment that we can have you sit in a room. We take three-dimensional pictures of you. You come and you sit down in our office. I can use that three-dimensional image of you and I can call morph it or adjust the image to show you exactly or pretty damn close exactly what you'll look like after a procedure in my hand. So it's very, it's very, it's not automated, but it's very um, um, user dependent. So I can morph the image, change and I can show you like, hey, this is what your nose is gonna look like after a procedure. Got you. My idea was to take this technology out of the doctor's office, develop using machine learning and uh, augmented reality uh, VR technology and put this technology in the hands of the consumer so they can use this in the comfort of the home without having to come into the doctor's office. They can play with it. They could see realistically what they'll look like or can they look like after a particular procedure. Interesting. Okay. So let's dive a little bit deeper. How does the technology actually work and how do I use it at home? So what you do is, so this, that's one particular part of the, of, of the um, actual edit um, okay. offerings that we have. But this one particular part, you, what you do is you uh, download the app, um, you sign up for uh, an account, and then what you do is you actually just use, you have to have an iPhone, uh, iPhone 10 or higher. It doesn't work on Android yet, but soon, okay. but an iPhone, an iPhone 10, uh, and you scan your face. There's a button on there that allows you to scan your face. You, uh, you have to turn your head just like as if when you're like when you're um, when you first buy an iPhone, you have to like scan your face and do right. the whole thing. It's the same procedure you go through. It'll scan. It takes over a thousand uh, measurements and points on your face. And from there, um, after you do that, you can then choose. I think we have about 15 or 20 procedures on the app where you could actually choose rhinoplasty, liquid rhinoplasty, 
Botox, uh, fillers, you can choose and you can actually see in general, based on your facial characteristics and your facial measurements, what you'll look like after a procedure, which is kind of critical. So in general, the one, one critical, so if, if I keep going, one critical aspect yeah. of this is that, you know, not every plastic surgeon and not every cosmetic dermatologist will, will do things the same way, right? In general, we'll do seeing certain, uh, a certain uh, within certain parameters based on your facial measurements. But every plastic surgeon is an artist and has their own idea of what they think will look best on you. So we will show you in general what you can expect after a procedure, but also we also give the user and the doctor the ability to adjust that um, that outcome within the range of possibility. So say for just to say if you had a rhinoplasty done. And you see, will show you what you look like with your well, after you have a nose job done. But you say you like, oh, I like to have my tip a little smaller. I want to have my tip a little more rotated. It'll allow you to just what you can achieve um, within the realm of possibility. You know, in this age of um, Instagram, TikTok videos, where you have all these morphing abilities, um, Facetune, Face Plus Plus. A lot of these times that they're not based on reality. They're based on there's no borders or boundaries that prevents you from doing things that are kind of wacky. Ours right. keeps you within the realm of reality of what you can expect after a procedure. Got you. Okay. So uh, like you talked about a couple of things, but I want to dive into some of the other procedures that maybe aren't as, as drastic because I, I think like as somebody that's kind of suffered with acne, my basically mm -hmm. childhood and, and whole life, like to me, I think what you're doing can solve sure some of those more like um, or invasive mm -hmm. technology or uh, changes, yeah. but I also think you guys really solve some more minor stuff. And I think a lot more people are getting simple Botox or, or yeah. other things done. Is, or is that, am I correct in that? A hundred percent. And you know, there's, and, you know, and people, and we often recommend that you start off, you don't want to, they're kind of like gateway procedures, right? You start off with very simple, non-invasive things, yeah, uh, and then yeah. you work your way up if you want to, you don't have to, up to more invasive procedures if you want to, right? So the non-invasive stuff are A, cheaper, they're, um, they're, they're shorter acting, so right, they're usually not long lasting, they're something like Botox, only, it takes, um, you know, a week or so before you see the effects, but it only lasts like three to four months, which is good because you're basically just trying on procedures. What do I, what do I, if I don't like it, it's gone after three months. So it gives you the ability to try it. If you like it, you could try it again, but if you really love it and you don't want it to go away, there are other more permanent procedures. So our app kind of has the whole spectrum of procedures. We try to have what you look like um, after you have some non-invasive, minimum invasive procedures like a laser like Botox, fillers like that, all the way up to the more invasive procedures. But it's really important to have some of the simpler, um, less invasive procedures on the app. Got you. Okay, so let's say I want something done, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. I use the oh. app. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? The next if step. I want to get something done. I guess I should clarify that. Right. So a couple of things. So say, so say you you choose. Um, Say you had a lot of acne or you had a lot of red spots on your okay. face. You're able to go on the app and you actually see, you can choose different, for number one, um, it'll, it'll measure and scan your face. Number one, you can choose a different procedure for it yourself. It'll tell you whether or not you're a candidate or not. Say, hey, no, you're not a candidate for that. You already look good. You don't have enough red spots. If you are a candidate for it, it'll allow you to actually morph 
or should you look like after the procedure? When you get your result after that, number one, you can save it there for later because you may come back a week later and say, hey, I, I like the way I look, but actually I want to do it less in less extreme or more extreme. So it allows you to save it and kind of come back to it. Because a lot of times there's a process the patients that people have to go through and kind of work their way into it. The next thing you can do is you can actually research more about what the procedure entails. So it'll, it'll link you to uh, pages on the site where it allows you to learn about the pros and cons, um, learn about how you get ready for the procedure, what the recovery is like. And it'll also tell you other alternatives that you may not have thought about, um, uh, alternatives to the procedure you just did. So if you had an IPL laser, you say, oh, you may wanna, you may wanna consider um, a photofacial laser or something that's more invasive, like a fractal laser. So it'll give you options too. The next step after that, when you feel comfortable with it, it'll point you to people. We have doctors on our site that we've vetted um, that will point you to people to have a proven track record of good results for doing that procedure, right? So then you can actually book, uh, book consultations uh, so you can take the next step if you want to to learn more about the doctor and to learn more about the procedure. So you can do, all do that through our platform. Got you. Okay. So instead of basically me trying to find the best right. doctor in my city, I, I basically do it by state or where, like, I obviously some people are more inclined to travel or not. Right. 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 There are, we have a whole bunch of different criteria on there that you can choose. Some people, you know, the, like um, the variables that you can choose. One is cost, uh, one is right. the location. Uh, you know, you can go on the doctor's site and you can see, you can filter by a number of before and afters that they've had on there. You can filter, you can look based on education, the type of doctor. You know, there are, there are four, there are basically four major types of, uh, types of doctors that can perform uh, cosmetic procedures, non-invasive. One is dermatologist, one is a facial plastic surgeon, one is a general plastic surgeon, uh, and then one is an oculoplastic surgeon. Those are the four major types that people probably don't have much of a clue about at all. But we educate the people about what the different types are and which ones, uh, you know, what are their strengths of each, and we kind of point them to, um, to which ones will perform, have a track record of giving the best results for that procedure. It's a little common. I know the whole process is very complicated, so we really try to do a lot of the legwork as if you were going to come to me and say, hey, hey, Will, I, or Dr. Kennedy, I, I if we were good friends, you did it. I really wanted to have this a laser done in my face. I live in Houston. Who is the best person to go to, right? Gotcha. Based, based on my knowledge as a plastic surgeon, like I have a criteria that I would use being in the know, who would be the best person, where they went to school, type of doctor they are, number of before and afters, how often do like I have a, an algorithm that I use that we put this in that we screen our doctors by. Okay. I, I want to dive into that in a second, but yeah. I think as somebody that's known people that have gotten kind of different things all across the different spectrum, mm -hmm. it seems like the hardest part, and I think a lot of people don't seem to do, is the research because it is time consuming. Like you mentioned, a lot of people don't know where to even really start. So the fact that if somebody chooses to go down this road, the fact that you're giving them that much research and recommendations, I think is very helpful. For sure. I mean, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, it, the comfort of knowing that we've done a lot of research. We're not, 
we only have, I think, uh, maybe 150 doctors, 120 doctors on our site. So we, we're okay. careful in who we bring on, right? We don't, we're not just doing a, a blast of just bringing anyone on there. And not only that, but really a critical part is that, um, the, you know, doctors will, plastic surgeon or cosmetic doctors will list like every procedure in the book, like on their site that they do. But those may not be, hey, you know, like say a, a closed rhinoplasty. A particular doctor may have not done that for like five years. If you haven't done a closed rhinoplasty in five years, man, you're not going to be good at it. So we make sure that the procedures that they list on our site or we send patients to on our site are procedures that meet our criteria that you're going to be have the highest probability you're going to do a good job at it. Got you. Okay. And so how, like you touched on it quickly, but how do you actually screen the doctors that actually make it onto the site? That's actually patented technology. Okay. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, okay. The main, the, one of the main criteria, main criteria in general are uh, where they went to, where they went to medical school, where yeah. they went, where they went to residency, the type of uh, uh, board certifications that they have. There are many different types of um, board certifications or quasi societies that people belong to. Um, there's a difference between a cosmetic surgeon and an, and an actual plastic surgeon. So there are only certain board certifications that we allow on our site. And then apart from that, if you're going to list a um, uh, procedure that you are want to have patients referred to you for, you have to document that you've done the procedure a certain number of times within a certain period, to, uh, within a certain time period. So a certain, usually it's about 10 procedures a year over the okay. previous year or previous five years. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And we look at those, we look at those before and after. So they have to be good, good before and after. So good results for the procedures that you're actually going to be uh, listing on our site. Got it. Okay. So I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper into the app and just how I do this as a user. You mentioned you have to scan your face and, yeah. and you, so mm -hmm. do you kind of create like a 3d model of me in the app and then i can kind of you got it okay so it's, yeah it's an actual three so to, what makes our 3d model unique amongst others is that most 3d models when you scan your face for whatever other application it only does down to your neck or just underneath your chin ours extends all the way down to your shoulders which is unique so that that way um, you get a really accurate representation of what you'll look like um, after any type of procedure that you have, whether it's a neck procedure, facelift, uh, anything that involves, usually it extends below the chin. So, but yes, you get a 3D high resolution uh, image of yourself. It doesn't look cartoony. Um, it's 4K uh, in its resolution. So it's a, it's a good quality scan. Got it. Okay. And it's all done on the iPhone. This is not something that has to go up into the cloud and takes like 10 minutes to render. You know, it's like a two minute rendering or less rendering time that you take your take your picture and it shows up on your phone. Okay, so and maybe this is a stupid question, but it can I like if I want, I don't know, like save it and it. Yeah, like like I, I'm I guess I'm, I'm trying to I, I don't know how to explain it. Like if I you know, like in when I'm creating like my me emoji on the iPhone, I can like change my hair and. Uh -huh. color and size and nose size, like to make it look like me can i do similar things to that like can i say i want my nose to be a little bit bigger like this like that my hair like how does that work 100 so you can okay. go through you can go through each of it it'll be aggregate it'll it'll 
each one you can go through. You can do uh, change your nose, and then you can change your lips. You can change your you can. This will all be additive to your picture, right? Got so, it. So so you can continue to change uh, your their appearance. But again, this is all done within the realm of what's possible. Um, okay. You know, it's not it's not going to allow you to change your eye color. Uh, you know, change the color of your iris. Uh, or right. do things that are just, um, you know, it may look good, but it's not something that's achievable. Okay. And so how, so how are you guys doing that on the iPhone? Like, have you built different versions of say like noses and, and lips that are achievable or are you taking the 3d version of me and just modifying that? Or how does that work? So what what happens is well there's two different ways that you can actually do this and we do we're we're doing it both ways one is actual measurements that's dumb just to make simplify it one is measurements and one is machine learning right okay. so just just to explain the first way is um, so aside from technology in general right plastic surgeons plastic surgery all of the literature these goals or what uh, uh, I don't want to say ideal but what a standard rhinoplasty result can give you are based off of facial measurements, like distance between your eyes, distance oh, between okay. your pupils. There's angles underneath your nasal labial angle. There's, there's probably about 50 to 75 different measurements we take of your face. And based on your unique facial characteristics and measurements, this is what your nose should look like, right? So we, we do all those measurements in three dimensions. You can't really do it in 2D, it has to be done in 3D. So we do all these, and that's why we're able to do this now you, with an onset of iPhone 10, we're able to do these measurements and then morph your image. So we do all these measurements and then based on your unique characteristical, unique characteristics and measurements, we can then change your nose based on um, what the ideal for your facial characteristics are. That's number one. Got that's, it. That's like the easier way. The okay. other way is through machine learning. And machine okay. learning basically we take your your picture of your face, right? And then yeah. it'll it'll do its machine learning thing, basically. And then based on your facial characteristics, it then we then take um, people who have had um, rhinoplasty done in the past, and we teach it based on your characteristics that this is basically what you should look like. So it's mainly like we have to run through I don't know ten thousand images of people who've had similar procedures and show it to teach it that based on what your starting point is, this is what your end point should be. Two different ways to get to the same point, but we're utilizing both. Got it, interesting. It, that's that's totally fascinating, just how <laughs> like you're applying that right. technology into this space, right? Right, 100%. You know, it's funny because people think machine learning is gonna be this thing that like, it's a feedback loop that takes off and becomes like super smart and takes over the world. Machine learning is only as smart as what you teach it. It doesn't totally. go beyond it, right? So um, if like, you know, in the beginning too, you know, when I first started off, uh, we were doing this, it was like myself and and two other white guys, right? We were doing this. So, and we actually looked at it before we started bring on a board of doctors, we weren't very diverse in our in our pool of images that we were teaching it with. It's like school. It's like grade school. If we're not diverse in how we're teaching it, like we would, Filipinos were getting weird results. African Americans are getting re weird results. So we really, our pool, our data set, our training data set, which now consists of like 50,000 images, is very diverse. So that, and all different ethnicities when you come on there, will get realistic um, results for your specific 
um, characteristics that take into account gender, ethnicity, age, things like that. Okay, so to dive a little bit deeper on that, do I have to give you no. or the app some of those details or you no. just know from the, the scans of me? Yeah, that's the cheap way of doing it. You know, if uh, you'll see some apps out there that ask you, are you male? Uh, right. what, how old are you? What you're, that's kind of cheating a little bit, right? Because you're just telling it where direction. It will actually, it will, there's very, you know, it's not like, um, it's, it's a spectrum, it's a fine, it's an infinite spectrum of the, you know, whether or not the color of your skin, it'll it'll fit it'll be very precise in in choosing where you are along the spectrum as opposed to only having five um five uh, uh spots for your for your skin tone we have a, a huge infinite spectrum where it'll pick you out so um yes the short answer is it, when you take your skin it'll analyze you and it'll figure out your gender it'll figure out your uh, ethnicity so to speak um uh it's actually a skin tone um things like that Okay. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the fact that you're letting machine learning detect that you can give me better, more realistic results right. in the app. Correct. Correct. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's what, right now. That's what we're, we're now we're working on being able to show people what they look like after procedure. But now we're also working on, now that we have this huge data set and training done, um, that we're now working on the diagnosis side. So people, a lot of people come in and they're like, I don't know what to, what's, I don't know which procedure is going to tell you like, hey, you may not opt out of this, but you have this skin, you have a high chance you have this skin condition, or you have, um, you have age spots on your skin that you didn't notice. It, it'll do a diagnosis and it'll actually like give you a readout of, what we think you have uh, as if you were coming in to uh, get a consultation. Okay, so can you find something like skin cancer potentially? We Maybe could. Yeah, I don't, we don't wanna go down the, uh, we don't wanna go down the path of um, medical diagnosis. Okay. But, right, you know, so say, um, you know, like melanoma, right? They have certain characteristics, the size, the whether or not it's raised, the color, things like that. We yeah. could go down that road, but that just kind of leads to, I don't want to get a, hey, you have stage four melanoma. That's not kind of our, our thing, but no, yes. It'd yeah. be kind of weird for an app to tell you that, especially it's, something yeah. that's that kind of scary, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you don't want to say, hey, are you sitting down first or some of that? You don't yeah, argue. okay. Okay, but the technology's there, I guess is. Yes, yeah, it's just all the same. It's all the same technology, yes. It could be, has a, has a wide ranging application, that's for sure. Got it, okay. The, the one other thing that I thought was really interesting is I can, if I was obviously qualified to do this and I had my own practice as a doctor doing this, I could white label your technology. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's a great point that you brought up. So, you know, right now in the office, especially if you come out of practice, you're, if you're fresh out of residency, you're new, you don't have a lot of money, right? This is a, this is a really important tool to have in the office, not ours, just in general, being able to show a patient beforehand what they can expect in your hands after a procedure is really powerful. Sure. Studies, studies have shown just based on what, by, the, by the companies that have done the in-office 
um, uh, equipment that it doubles your conversion rate from consultation to booking a procedure. Like it goes from like 50% to like 90%. Just being able to give the patient that information, it levels sex expectations and it really allows the patient to understand what they're um, going to be able to expect. So our technology, if we white label it, this expensive tech in-office technology that they have to use right now is like ten, fifteen thousand dollars uh, to purchase it. For through our app is basically free. So all you need is an iPhone uh, and a laptop computer, and a patient can come in. If they're coming into the office, scan their face. They can sit with you in your office, and you can actually morph their face. So it's pretty. It's it's um, cost effective for the doctor. Got it's you. free, basically. But then, how do you monetize that? We monetize it on the consumer side. Um, oh, okay, got it. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. so it's basically free. It's basically free right now for the doctors. You know, if, if once it becomes more and we have more features available, you know, it's something we consider doing for the doctors. But really, the doctors, what they offer our patients, they give our patients or our consumers that they come to our site really exclusive discounts and any any uh, pretty significant discounts or, or benefits on other procedures. Uh, they're exclusive to our consumers. So that's kind of what they offer in return to the doctors that we give them this technology to help them um, with their businesses. Got you. Okay. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper. Okay. So I pick, I don't know, remove this acne scar from wherever, mm -hmm. right? Um, how do I know or how close can you get it to what what I see in the app? Interesting. Um uh, let's see, how do I quantify this? I mean, I want to say pretty damn close. The, um, we, we are going to be producing right now. We're in the process of, um, putting out, we've actually done studies, put it this way. We've done studies. So all of our procedures that we've had on our app, we've had actually real people mm -hmm. use our app beforehand and then, um, morph their nose and actually get the procedure afterwards. And okay. it shows it's pretty damn close. If not exact, I mean, you're pretty damn close with the results our app shows and the actual results that you get. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. And so how, like. So we don't I'm, guarantee it, but I mean, it gives you in ballpark, you're pretty damn close to what you're going to, what you can uh, expect to get after your procedure. Right. And so, uh, and then because you've screened the doctor that's best suited to me, that will do whatever procedure I picked. Therefore, they know what they're they they know that they can get it as close as because they're picking the patient just as much as I'm picking them if they're a good doctor. Correct. Correct. So put it this way: the doctors that come into our site, like I said, plastic surgeon or cosmetic surgery in general, we follow certain geometric rules of the of the face of right. your particular face. So we know in general what a nose will look like, should look like after rhinoplasty based on your facial characteristics. Right. That's the result that we give the patient. And we know the doctors on our site can give that result. Now, every doctor, like I said, is an artist and will adjust it a little bit based on their discussions with the patient and what they think is more appropriate for them. But in general, we'll give you a result that's ballpark of what you should expect for your facial characteristics. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, if they're um, a good doctor, they're not going to give you something wild and crazy that no. you could probably get where right. right. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. That, I guess. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. That's that's like a huge concern of people. That's a huge like these are all barriers that people prevent people from you know moving forward with with uh, you know even researching about some of these even the non-invasive stuff. So the more we're able to um, reassure people that what they're looking at is a realistic ex outcome that you can expect, the better. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I know I mentioned this earlier in our recording about. Like I'm, I was fascinated to to learn how many people actually get it done. A lot of people don't talk about it, and fine. Like I, I totally get that because it it's kind of a interesting thing. But do you do you find like is it mostly females, males, a bit of both? I, I could I take a guess, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. It's about eighty. It's about eighty twenty. Right. Okay. Now. Okay. Female, yeah. I'm assuming, is the eighty yep. percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just yeah, it's about, it's about 80, 20 for sure. Um, whether or not, I mean, that's just in general, that's just, that's right. just, uh, yeah. Um, industry wide, not just, not, it, it also is reflected in the people that actually come to our site. It's probably about 80, 20. Okay. Do you see that number becoming closer together? It, it seems like more and more people are, are, are seeming to get even just minor stuff done. For sure. A hundred percent. It seems to be, um, the gap seems to be closing. Do I ever think it'll be 50, 50, you know, I doubt it just because some of the procedures and some are, are not, you know, like lasers for the face because guys usually, you know, have facial hair, um, it's, it's problematic or you guys usually don't do lip fillers. Um, right or brow lifts, things like some of the procedures are, are really gender, tend to be gender specific, but okay. some of the other stuff like hair transplants, under eye, you know, bags and, and under eye circles, um, any type of like um, Botox, you know, guys don't usually like to have, some guys do, some guys like to have uh, wrinkle um, uh, removal type procedures, but yeah, the gap should be close. It shouldn't be 20%. It should definitely be increased. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, it's just all a matter of educating the, the public about what's available and what's out there. Sure. And actually, that's a good segue. That was going to be my next thing. Like if for people that have maybe thought about it, either male, female or other, it doesn't really matter. Do you like what advice do you give to them? Obviously, you could just say, like, try the app and see what you like or don't. But outside of that, what advice would you give people um, that are maybe considering doing something? The most important thing is don't be afraid to research. I'm not saying don't be afraid to get something done, right? This is not a site that's trying to push people down the funnel and get some procedure done, right? right. This is a site that really we develop tools to help empower users to educate themselves about what's best, what their needs are, what's best for them, the different types of procedures and the different types of doctors, right? So there's no pressure. Just don't be afraid to educate yourself. Utilize trusted sites like this one to learn more about what's out there. Because at the end of the day, there's a ton of great stuff out there that people just don't use. They just don't research. They don't kind of look into. And it's really, I mean, that's the reason why once people start getting procedures done, they keep going, right? Because they work, because they do have a great effect. Um, but there's just uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of barriers out there, a lot of white coat kind of syndrome that prevent people from even like dipping their toe in and researching. So don't be afraid to kind of get out there and utilize sites like this to teach yourself well, what's available. 
Sure. Well, I, I think a lot of it too is it, it's such a personal thing totally. that people are like, like I, I think like are almost like embarrassed by it yep. or if we have something that bugs us, whether it really is an issue or not. Like if, if you can get something fixed and it makes you feel better about yourself, like it, it's at least yeah. working into like, and I'm not even talking just with anything really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is cosmetics procedures are not vain. It's like when you get up in the morning, and you comb your hair. That's not vain. If you like brush your teeth and put on makeup, that's not vain. Right. These are all things that make you feel better, right? Make you feel better about yourself. Whatever, these are all things that empower you, what you want. You're not doing it. Usually we help, you know, tell people that you're doing it for yourself. Don't do it for other people. But these are all really great things that can improve your own self-esteem. Sure. Well, because we're all self-conscious about yeah. something, right? And yeah. if you can get rid of some of that, I, yeah, it's interesting. You're, and I think that's good advice. Like, do your research, look into this, see where your right. comfort level is with whatever it is, right? Right. And, you know, we're here to help you the whole, the whole, we have the whole, the whole journey, the whole, every step of the way. We, we have live people that when you sign up too, you're assigned an actual aesthetic expert, someone you actually can. So say you don't want to actually just use the ML, the technology, you actually want to speak to an actual someone in the know that you can trust and develop a relationship with. You can do that, right? You get assigned someone um, that you can actually ask questions to throughout the way. You know, you don't have a question this month, but you have a question next week. You, know, you can ask someone. So we're here to like, you know, really help them through the process. Okay. So what, like, okay, so I sign up, I want to, I don't want to use, I want to talk to somebody. What does yep. that walk, walk me through that journey? Oh, so after you sign up, uh, you're introduced to an actual aesthetic expert. Okay. You know, we have several on staff, so they do an intro and they say, Hey, we're here for you. If you have any questions, and this and is just got, like a video call kind of thing. No, no, no. It's like, a, it's like a chat bot. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. This is chatbot. So you can actually ask questions. If you want to call, you can also call. Okay. I mean, you can do video calls too. Uh, we haven't um, had anyone go. Usually they, they just like to do it. It's a chat basically. Got it. But this is, this is not a chat. Like there used to be another site out there called Resi where, um, you know, they would ask people if you have any questions, but it wasn't really someone in the know. These are very, these are certified people, nurses, LVNs, doctors uh, who, um, you know, can give you real advice about uh, questions that you have. Got it. Okay. So I'm curious, has the pandemic and the fact that a lot of us are working from home, sitting in front of, you know, Zoom calls or, or whatever all day long, changed the industry, stayed the same, a bit of both, or, or how's the pandemic changed or not changed the industry? I mean, it definitely has changed the industry for sure. Whether or not it's going to swing back, um, I, I doubt it. I, I mean, I just, you know, a couple of different ways. I mean, now this is, this, you know, zo the Zoom technology was available cr crazy enough before the pandemic. No one yeah. used it, right? So when sure, the pandemic sure. hit, it forced people to, it's all like trying out new, it's kind of like, you got to try it once. You got to step your toe in. Once you try using it, it becomes a, a part of your life. Like, God, well, how did I ever, now that you got, off the, got over the hump of learning how to use it, you'll always use it. The same thing is going to happen when it comes to cosmetic medicine in terms of uh, virtual consultations where you can get on a Zoom call and do uh, uh, whether or not it's uh, machine learning, um, AR, VR technology that helps you actually um, put the knowledge of a, of, a, of a doctor in the form of an app so you can get like 90% of the way there of an in-person consultation. Well, all these tools are really enhancing uh, the way we deliver medicine. And we're not even talking about the metaverse yet. So 
um, yeah, definitely has changed it and it's, it's only going to increase. It's only going to, this technology is improving more and more so that um, the, the education and, and the, the product that we deliver gets more and more valuable. Interesting. You, you mentioned the metaverse. Like, do you want to expand on that? <laughs> um, so metaverse. Metaverse, you know, is, you know, Facebook changed their name from Facebook to metaverse. I mean, they're dumping billions of dollars into this. Companies like CVS, healthcare um, uh, hospitals are buying up, quote unquote, land in the metaverse, right? This is going to be a thing where you can actually go in, put on your ARVR headset, and you can go walk into a CVS or you can walk into a doctor's office, right? Right. So the same thing's going to happen. You'll have medical practices in the metaverse. Right now, um, the technology, you know, you have an avatar, so it's kind of like, you don't really, it's kind of like, oh, right now it's, you don't, the avatar doesn't really reflect what you look like, right? It's kind of like a glorified, what we're doing now, like a Zoom call. Right. But it's developing now, using, utilizing technology like ours, where you can actually scan your face. Your avatar looks like you, right? Has your right. characteristics of what you look like now. So you're looking at me, I'm looking at you in the metaverse. I can actually, it's almost pretty dang close to what you'll actually look like in person. Interesting. No, very cool. But yeah. uh, we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close yeah. with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, edit, and any other links you want to mention? Sure. Um, so our website is uh, edit.com. That's A-E-D-I-T.com. You can follow us on Instagram at, at edit, A-E-D-I-T. TikTok is at the underscore edit. That's T-H-E underscore A-E-D-I-T. Um, and you can also download our app. It's called the edit. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thanks much. You too. Thanks, Thanks, Dr. Thanks Dr. Kennedy. Okay. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.